Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Believe Sports Business, uh, Sports Media, Los Angeles. Uh, Tom Hoforth with us. Of course, he writes for the uh, Sports Business Journal and the LA Business Journal. I am Fred. We'd love your emails if you agree or disagree, and mostly you'll disagree, I guess, because um, Tom's very political. Uh, it'd be sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. Mr. Tom Hoforth, I heard a rumor that you're writing a heavy article for the L.A. Business Journal. Is that the case? It's as heavy as I can lift it. It's called, uh, How Are L.A. Teams Surviving in This uh, Pandemic? And uh, the interesting element to this is I think uh, Forbes came out with an assessment of the world's most valuable sports teams of 2020, and there were five L.A. pro franchises on that top 40 team, on that top 40 list. Right. Um, the Lakers were up to number four, valued at $4.4 billion. So I was talking to Tim Harris, the Lakers' chief operations officer and head of business operations, and I said, does that sort of prove your pandemic resistant? And he said, oh, no. Um, we're scrambling just like everybody else. We're impacted by this. We're, you know, um, the Lakers are one of, uh, of the teams that expects, you know, they, the Lakers expect uh, normally produce like $400 million in revenue, and uh, they usually get $100 million of that in gate receipts. So they're, they're obviously not in a great position, but they can give more attention to their sponsors now that the games are being played in Orlando and do some things there. But um, you probably noticed now that you're watching more Dodger games that there's a lot more signage where there used to be fans. There are big tarps now over different sections with a lot of different companies' sponsorship, and that's kind of the way uh, teams are trying to adjust is giving their sponsors more you know, real estate to sort of splash their names around. The problem is when you watch these games, they do seem like it's an assault on your senses, and you feel like it's just one giant advertisement that's swirling around and you almost it's almost counterproductive i think for a viewer because there's so many of them that you don't even read them anymore they're just they're just kind of clutter in the way of a game so um but that's really kind of what the teams are sort of have to do to survive who would you guess who what would you guess are the top five la teams that are in this top 40 list aside from the lakers i just gave you the dodgers would be second then if the lakers are first Yes. Well, it's, it, yeah, the Dodgers would be – so the Lakers were number four on this list. The Dodgers were number um, 17 at $3.4 billion, which isn't that much more than what they spent to buy the team a few years ago, actually. I, I'm, um, sure, I'm sure the Cowboys would be number one, no? Yeah, they are. Yeah, the Cowboys yeah. are number one. And sadly, the I think the Yankees are number two and the New York Knicks are number three, which is ridiculous when you think the Knicks are on that list. <laughs> And even the New York Mets, I mean, it, it, you can plant a tree in New York and it becomes valuable property. So um, the fact that there's five L.A. teams isn't so much that it's Los Angeles, but they do have sustainability. And when you have two NFL teams here, both NFL teams obviously are on this list. The Clippers are also. The, the, the Angels, which aren't considered an L.A. team, they wouldn't even make this top 50 list anyway because they didn't pass the $2 billion threshold that, uh, that most of these teams did. So... Again, when we're talking about numbers and how sports affects things, one of the interesting things I also talked to was, was with, with Kathy Sloshman, who's the head of the L.A. Sports and Entertainment Committee, which is involved in getting major events to come to L.A., like the, the All-Star Game was supposed to be 
at Dodger Stadium this year, and the MLS All-Star Game is supposed to be here. But they're interesting. They're focused right now on the 2022 Super Bowl, which the Rams are supposed to be hosting, which was which was interesting because originally the Rams were going to host the 2021 Super Bowl, which would sort of be ridiculous at this point to even start planning for. You'd have all this resources going towards something you don't even know is going to happen. But as a result of the Super Bowl coming here in 2022, a lot of small businesses get impacted by this, and in fact, in a good way, they get to participate in, in producing whatever needs to be done for this event, whether it's party planning or setting up, you know, printing, silk screening, all that stuff. So it really is a boost to have major events in your city, aside from, you know, just the regular sports teams. When, and so when, when L.A. can boast of having a World Cup coming in 20, 2016 or uh, the Olympics in 2028, it's really a, a, a halo effect that you can see with something even like the fact that the we have LA84 as an existing nonprofit right now that still continues to raise money and give money back to programs that that involve sports and education. So it's a, it's kind of interesting how sports really is something we focus on, but it's such a big halo effect on how it affects business and everything else. You're soon going to be able to read that to Tom Holforth in uh, L.A. Business Journal. He also writes for the Sports Business Journal. Fred's a little hoarse today on a Thursday. We're taping this about 4.20 p.m. Thursday afternoon, and uh, that'll be uh, August 6, uh, 2020, exactly 75 years from Hiroshima, if you think about it. I don't want to think exactly. about it. Exactly. Uh, again, we're not, Tom's the political one. I'm certainly not. There are more people died in the United States because of COVID than were killed by the Hiroshima bomb. How about no that? question. No question. Sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. I'd like to add to what you said, though. If I read the ratings right, the first day that the NBA came back and the first day baseball came back, the ratings were very, very high. But right. since then, they haven't been. So is the signage even working, or do you think the signage is working if the ratings are so much lower? And again, I watch the games, but there's something missing, obviously, without fans. I mean, the the cutout, the, the, the cardboard cutouts are cute and everything else, but without fans, come on, it's not the same. We all know it's not the same. So if the ratings stay this low, is the signage? Are they going to continue to pay for the signage? I would think so because I, I, I think there is the ramping up factor to the playoffs, and that's where all the money is made. And as, as baseball, you know, lets almost every possible team have a shot at the playoffs this year, it's, it's going to get people engaged, you know, at, when, when the 60-game season gets halfway through and, you know, maybe your, your team hasn't won a third of its games, it still has a shot at getting in. So um, maybe there was a big curiosity bump at the beginning to see what it looked like, and so, you know, people were talking about it. And as, uh, as we see the NFL canceling its preseason games. But the NFL, we might not see them for the first time until you know late September, early October, as, a, as to see how it is as a TV show. And that's really how each of these pro sports teams now and college sports are going to have to look at their sports programs as television shows, you know, whether, whether or not people are in attendance or not, and, and whether or not people sort of accept that reality. And when you have Fox trying to do the virtual reality or augmented reality with fans in the stands, it just it just doesn't look right. And I, I can see how it can be sort of um, comforting to see that if you're a fan that's used to seeing people in the stands. But it just, to me, it jumps back and forth between their being there and their not being there. And um, it, it's a tough watch in a lot of ways. But on the other hand, it's the only live event that's happening right now. And, and in a, in a time where at least we can move around a lot and get a, get out more and do things, maybe people are finally 
realizing they're not they're not that they, they don't have this captive audience. They don't have to stay at home and watch these games if they don't want to. They actually should get out and exercise or do something a little bit. And it's I've been watching some of the golf today. You would never know that it's uh, it's a major tournament, even though the galleries aren't there. It still sort of feels like a major because of the way it's treated on television. Folks, uh, we're taping this Thursday afternoon. Tiger did well, 68, uh, first uh, time uh, in San Francisco. I mean, the first round in San Francisco. Congratulations to Tiger. And Brent Kukupika, of course, uh, has won this a couple of times in a row. So see what happens the rest of the way. It is Believe Sports Business and Sports Media LA. He's Tom Hofarth. I'm Fred Wallen with a horse uh, sore throat or horse sore throat. Horse You're something. riding on the horse that brought you here. Something like that. Uh, you can email us at sportsfred at AO.com, sportsfred at AO.com. And since I can't even do a podcast, I'd like to thank Scott from Sports Byline for putting this uh, together for us. Uh, all right, so uh, the bottom line is uh, we've got sports, but we really don't have sports because there's something totally missing. I was going to throw you something that's a little bit off the subject, but not exactly. Um, obviously, we've got the pandemic. Okay, so Tom or Fred or my wife, uh, Sandy, we go stand in line or we get in a car and we wait three hours to get a test to see if we're positive or negative as far as the virus is concerned. Meanwhile, in the NBA, uh, we've got Ray John Rondo of the Lakers who uh, hurt his thumb. So he missed a few weeks and he was at home and as he was healing, now he's back. But for him to play, he has to take that test seven consecutive days and then be quarantined for four days. My point is, if he's got to be tested seven consecutive days, Tom, what the heck are Fred and Tom taking a test that means nothing, obviously, uh, standing in line or in, in our car for three hours? Please explain, because I've lost my mind here. No, it's, uh, it just proves, again, that not everything is equal, and uh, money speaks louder than words, and whatever your value is to society, whether it's a professional sports athlete or as a construction worker, you're, you're, you're placed on a priority list, and that's kind of how you are in any situation, I think, whether it's getting hospital treatment, getting, a, getting attention in a courtroom, getting, um, you know, getting a job. Um, it's, it's one of life's unfair things that, you know, you, you try to teach your kids that life isn't fair and this is how you sort of have to navigate it. But on the other hand, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. Again, it's the same reason why teachers and, you know, the, the people who do the, the really basic work in our communities don't get paid what they're worth. And those are, are seem to be overvalued in other occupations such as sports because we tend to put more value in that for whatever reason. And I think what the pandemic has caused in a lot of ways, is us to sort of prioritize what's important to us. And in, in some ways, sports has not been as important to me. I've been more focused on health and economy and things like that. And, and sports is nice when you can have everything going normal, as normal can be. But it, sports becomes trivial in a lot of this. And it, it's too bad because you don't want it to be because we invest so much of our emotion in it. But it, it really does uh, stand out the haves from the have-nots when it comes time to putting your 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 resources into what's more important to you it seems like as a society and it's it's a poor reflection on us but that's kind of who we are as we take this thursday afternoon again uh, august the 6th uh the bottom line is uh, about 60 nfl players have opted out and i think today's the last day and i have no idea why they right. reset a day five weeks before the season begins for the last day because it doesn't mean anything somebody can still opt out if he feels like opting out i guess he won't get paid but the point is They've got every right to 
uh, you know, if his wife's pregnant or there's some illness in the family or they just have a baby. So for the NFL to set it five days in advance to me is nonsensical. But Aaron Donald, who one of the best, uh, obviously, defensive linemen in in all of football, says he's not going to wear the special face guard, which supposedly can ask sort of like a mask and and stop uh, the, the virus from getting out there. Now, he's got a right, I guess, to do that. But if I'm playing against him, I'm not happy. Your thoughts? No, I mean, Russell Wilson's already said he's going to wear the face shield. Yeah. And, and it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but I think maybe after he starts practicing and sees exactly what's going on, when you're in a sport that has this face-to-face confrontation all the time, it, it would just seem not smart for your own health and, and well-being and the protection of your brand and what you're going to your future earnings put yourself at that kind of risk. So maybe that's something he's saying right now, just to try to sound a little macho about it. But I, I think <laughs> things will change once reality sets in. And, and the fact is that you have to sort of operate and protect yourself because in a lot of ways, the people, your employers, they, they can only put so much protection for you. And ultimately, I think you're responsible for what your body can take and what you feel comfortable doing. And you know, if, if if ultimately that's what he feels doing, he's you know he's putting other people at risk more than he's putting himself at risk. All right, let's move to the collegiate side. Idaho is not playing football. Nobody cares. What UCon- a UConn is not playing football. Very few care. Right. UCLA has got eight, at least eight positive cases. They haven't said they're not playing. Uh, they're six hundred thousand something in the hole. Uh, that's six hundred million. I'm totally confused here. I don't know. And Cal is even more in the hole. We're right. not playing college football. You're not going to put an 18 and 19 and 20 year old. I don't care how much greed is involved in this. You are not playing college football in 2020. And UCLA, shame on you if eight kids are now positive, which might end up 15 down the road in, in a week or so. And the test doesn't mean crap, anyways. As we just mentioned, in the NBA, they take it seven consecutive days. Are you taking it seven consecutive days on the collegiate side? I do not believe so. These kids have a right not to get sick. Your thoughts, Tom Holforth? Well, I'm more and more interested to see where these protests and these lists of demands at the Pac-12, it's only a handful of players have put up, but at least the Big Ten has done, followed suit. And the players have to realize, as the players did in the 1960s, their voice matters. This is a place where you're, it's a college campus. It's a, it's a learning experience about how much your voice matters and, and taking a stance on social issues, and even if it, if it affects you especially. And so... If your parents aren't going to take the stand for you, this is time for you to be an adult and, to, and take your own health into your hands and, and, and say what's on your mind and, and put that out there. And, and, and you can't be making money for, uh, for these people who are supposed to be protecting you and then just sending you out to do this. And the, 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 the more closer we get to whatever this, you know, aborted schedule that they're trying to piece together, cobble together with, you know, games within conferences, I think we'll see more and more resistance. Um, the fact that there won't be as many fans, if at all, any fans in the stands, um, is going to be a huge indication to the players, like, hey, if it's not safe for them, why is it safer for us to be out here? This doesn't make sense. Um, hey, you're smart. You're in college. This is what you're supposed to be doing, you know, making making decisions and, and standing up for your rights. This is This is what it's all about, and this is a perfect opportunity and platform for them to do that, I think. All right, so let me let me put you on the spot here. Ohio State says they're going to allow 20,000 in the 100,000-seat uh, stadium. Right. Penn State says no fans whatsoever. I mean, 
you can't have it. I mean, it's it just end of story. I mean, these teams are going to play against one another where one school apparently cares more about the kids than the other. Explain that. Well, it, and funny, I've been talking to Stan Caston and Tim Harris and those guys that run the teams in L.A. They pretty much admit we, we have eight hours of Zoom meetings every day, and we wake up the next day and we go, nope, that's not going to work. What else are we going to do? So they're constantly tearing up their plans, and that might be the plan right now. Let's see what we can do. Let's say, let's put it out there. This is what we intend to do. They're going to hear blowback. They're going to hear people responding. They're going to hear from ticket season sales say, I'm canceling my you know, my seats, if this is what's going to happen. And then the next day they'll make another decision because another piece of no information comes out. So I, I don't take much stock into what I hear these days until it's, you know, it's actually a few days out, even of the day of, and then see what happens. I wasn't even guaranteed that MLB would actually start a season until they did, and I think that's probably why the ratings on the first day were so amazing. They wanted to see if it would collapse on the first day. And, <laughs> and it's funny now you see these missives that come out from Major League Baseball and that the – They've announced that the uh, the Phillies and Marlins, which had a bunch of games wiped out, now they're going to have to play each other seven times in a five-day span in September. And it's just to make things up because they want to jam these 60 games in and then protect the, quote, integrity of the game. But this is what they amount to. Now they're going to be sending out daily updates on scheduling and, and all these bizarre seven-inning doubleheaders just to kind of Mickey Mouse this thing together. But that's what that's what they got themselves into. And, and in some regards... It, it it's nice to have baseball as something to watch. I know my mom's real happy to see it. It gives her a break in her day of worrying about watching all the news on TV. But but on the other hand, it, it it's sort of a false reality, and it, it sort of feels like um, we're setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment. And I I I don't like that part of it. But you know, we we just like we said last time, we hope it works out, but we don't expect it to. <laughs> hey, let's end this with a positive, okay? Yeah. Uh, Tom's got Spectrum. Is that correct? Yes, I do. I have DirecTV. I know that's correct, which is incorrect. I shouldn't have it. But anyways, finally we get some game, Dodger games, and of course we're only going to get the 60 because of the pandemic. However, one cable system is doing the right thing. For the four months that there were no basic sports on the sports channels, Comcast is yeah. giving people money, that pay, giving money back to the people that have Comcast. Now, do you think DirecTV or do you think Spectrum might follow suit or are we screwed? I was I was advocating for that months ago because it felt like I'm not watching ESPN. I'm not watching these other channels because there's no reason to. They're just putting in you know old games and reruns of things. Why would I be paying for this? You know, and I got some blowback for that. Well, well, you know what? It, there's truth to it. And if you're a good business partner with your fans and you don't want people to to cancel and move to another system, now that Directv has the Dodger Channel. They're in, a, they're in a better power a position where the other cable channels sort of have to say, hey, we've got to treat our customers better because they can easily drop us for DirecTV. And the Dodgers channel finally being there is, puts them in that position where they never have been for six years. So um, in that case, if you're a channel other than Spectrum or other than DirecTV, you, you have to keep your customers, whether you're you know, Frontier or Verizon or U-verse or whatever else the hell is out there that I don't even know about anymore. Um, it's it's a good business decision on their part. I don't expect Spectrum or Directv to do that, and you know, just because they don't have to, and they and they won't, because they've already lost enough customers and along the way, and and they're in the process of trying to rebuild rather than um, make good on broken promises. Would you believe I get a call, no joke, from uh, AT and T every single day? I don't answer it. 
I already have their internet, which is the slowest thing on earth. <laughs> I, I, I've got, I, I have a fax, which no one else on earth has. You uh, have a fax machine. Good for still, you. Still, and an AOL address, so that doesn't surprise me. And I still have uh, um, uh, DirecTV, of course. And they're calling me for more. What, what they're calling me for is, can we send somebody over there to give you uh, uh, UVerse or some other new system? That sure. when, the guy, when the guys have come out here three times, they couldn't do anything. They say, you're one block away. And so I refused to answer the phone. My wife says, answer it. Tell them to you know, take a hike. I said, I don't even want to give them that. Let them call every day. But I mean, they are driving me crazy. And that is what the cable and satellite has become. Uh, Verizon's no better. We had a problem with our uh, iPhones. We had to wait four hours on the phone to get it resolved. So uh, I think they're all the same. And uh, Yeah, but it, you know what? There might be some psychological advantages for them to do that because some people are so stir-crazy and alone, they're just willing to talk to anybody and listen to their pitch. So <laughs> it's like they've got a captive audience. Why not keep them on the phone for a while and talk to them and see what they can give you? And then go, nah, I'm good. But thanks for the conversation. <laughs> Tom, stay well. We'll talk to you in 167 hours from right now. I will start counting the days and the time down. That's Tom Holforth. I am Fred, and uh, you can email us at sportsfredadale.com. And, Scott, thank you very much for putting it together. Believe Sports Business, Sports Media will return next week on most of these radio stations, coast to coast and around the world. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.